Social Media Summit Quarter Lane is in the past, but the 33 presentations are still available. Visit smwcda.com for more information on Social Media Summit Quarter Lane, as well as the Social Media Summit Inner Circle. Social Media Summit Quarter Lane, presented by the Social Media Web, helping you untangle the web of social media marketing may not even be alive anymore and that's what and it's like that is the connection that is the life that's the living that's as human beings we need that connectivity and this glass of wine that comes out of that bottle of wine that you Freddie put your heart and soul into carry you and your family built up this this uh, winery this is this is your lifeblood and this is a story in every single glass and that's what's so cool about wine. And it brings people together. I don't care if you're liberal or conservative. We all like a good glass of wine. Yep. Let's just focus on that, shall we? <laughs> Let's focus on the wine. It's been a long week, right? Are you ready to wind down? Why not? It's time for the Wine Time Fridays podcast with Shelly and Phil. Neither are sommeliers, but both have a deep passion for life, each other, and delicious wine. And now, here to talk about this week over a glass of wine is Shelly and Phil. It's wine time. Welcome back to another episode of Wine Time Fridays. Last week, we discussed white wines, three of them, from KB Winery. We had the Blanc de Blanc. We had uh, Dry Rosé which was 80% Syrah, 10% Malbec, and 10% Tempranillo. And we ended with the Chenin Blanc, 100% Chenin Blanc was so fabulous. This week, we have Cave be back with us again for the Reds. And hopefully, we will be able to, um, you know what, if you don't know who we're talking to, we're talking to, uh, to Freddie and Carrie and Janie from KB, and go back and listen to last week's episode, because I'm not gonna make them sit through and talk about themselves again. We have other <laughs> bigger and better things to, to go through. But um, Freddie, thank you, hello. Thank you. Carrie, hello, thank you. Thank you. Janie. Hello. Ms. Pragers. <laughs> I feel like I can just give Janie a really bad time. I love it. That's why I love you, Phil. Uh, <laughs> that scares me a little bit That's because I know it's coming. It's going to come back. <laughs> yeah. So we are tasting through these wines in their cave room, right? Yep. This is beautiful. I mean, this is, is really awesome. It feels like a cellar. And it actually has a cellar in the corner with some... Does, is there a lock Sorry, on that door? Library, right? No, it's open. Really? <laughs> well, I'm, I've got high character, so I'm not going in there and taking anything I shouldn't. But so uh, can this room be used for events? Yeah, we use this room a lot for events. We have winemaker dinners in here sometimes. For a couple years there, we had acoustic music nights in here in the slower, in the slower season. Um, usually in the wintertime, we move couches and tables and chairs. In the summertime, in spring, everything's outside. Everything's so beautiful outside. Everyone wants to be out there. But uh, the colder season, it's you know snowy and cold. And so we use this. You can see um, actually along the rocks, there's a little bit of wax that comes down. Sometimes we put little candles in there oh. for certain events. And then last week, Janie was talking about 
our wine club, and actually we didn't go through some of the benefits, but one of the benefits for the higher levels is actually what Jeannie is an inspire, ambassador, and indulge. They actually get um, to use this cave uh, for an event, like whether it's a birthday party or a retirement party or a rehearsal, dinner. rehearsal dinner, whatever, for free um, once, a, once a year. Um, and there's a few stipulations with that, but um, that's been a really fun thing. We've seen people one year, what was it? They had like Star Wars things? Or it was like Star Wars, yeah. It was, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. It was a birthday party. Birthday party, and it's been really like, yeah. uh, But it's been a really fun thing, and it's a benefit that most places can't give to their members, and one that a lot of people really enjoy. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's a great uh, You know, we're going to back up a little bit and say Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy it's Friday. wine time. Happy Friday. Yay. Okay. <sighs> I can sleep now. Uh, <laughs> This is, this is great to be able to bring people in to do those sort of things. Uh, if you could send a plane into Coeur d'Alene to pick us up, we would do that. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Tempranillo. I put my nose in this glass, and I got black licorice just jumping right at me. Am I way off base on this? Freddie's nodding. Yeah, you're off base. <laughs> no, no, you're off base. Oh. There, there's some black licorice. I, had, I hadn't picked that up before, but no, you're right. There's a, um, there, a, sure. a little tar, a little black licorice. Very unusual for Tempranillo, isn't it? Um, it, it is for Spanish Tempranillos. I feel like, like with our Tempranillo, we get we get a really nice mix of some dark fruit aromas and then also a lot of really nice earthy characters. Um, typical typical notes in our in our Tempranillo are uh, tobacco and leather. Um, sometimes, sometimes you get into some black pepper, sometimes not. Um, this one, I, I didn't get any black pepper on this one, but, but definitely, I pretty much always get um, tobacco and leather, and oftentimes black tea. This um, got a long finish, too. Do you yeah. get, this thing you keeps get, on delivering. Yeah, I get a little creosote. Chris, yeah, there you go, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then for, for the fruit notes on it, um, typically, they're, they're darker fruit aromas. Yeah, blackberries. Um, yeah, blackberries. Uh, sometimes, like like macerated huckleberries, um, so because it has that kind of a, a really deep, yeah. um, kind of almost jammy, but not jammy. It's it's a weird kind of a, kind of a, a take that it has. So this is 2017. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong. You could lay this thing down for five years. Easily. Still, yeah. still, yeah. It's got some yeah. tannins. Uh, it still tastes a little tight. Mm-hmm. Like it could really, st- yeah, settle down a little bit. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's got it's got a nice acidity to it as well. So you have that good tannin acid balance. So it would give this this wine some nice longevity, um, for sure. Uh, Tempranillo does tend to be really quite tannic if you if you're not careful. So like with in in my winemaking style. I do a lot of stuff in, in the winemaking during harvest to mitigate some tannins so it doesn't get like, you know, rip your mouth out tannins. Because <laughs> um, it can get that with Tempranillo. Tempranillo is just one of those, one of those grapes that can be even, even more tannic and more aggressive than Cabernet Sauvignon if you're not careful. What kinds of things can you do to alleviate uh, some of For that? us, because, because we don't struggle with color extraction at all in our reds, um, what the biggest thing I do is I come off the skins early, so I don't go, I don't ferment to dryness on the skins. So I, I press off early, um, and then I let the fermentation finish um, partially in tank, and then the rest of the way in barrel. Um, so also by finishing the fermentation in barrel, 
it's taking on another character from the barrel that gives it a little bit more mouthfeel and a little bit more development um, because it's fermenting in the oak, um, which is kind of cool. Is this French oak or American oak? Yeah. Uh, combination, the new oak on it is actually American oak. Uh, Tempranillo tends to like American oak. It does, because it does have those kind of earthy and dark yeah. fruit flavors, it can kind of it can stand up to that, you know, a little heavier oak than, than more subtle wines do. Um, but yeah, even, even in, the, in the Rioja region of Spain, uh, they use a lot of American oak. And it's nice because American oak is about half price of French oak, right? About, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, helpful. And then, Carrie, what would you pair food with this? Mm. Well, earlier this year, uh, during COVID, um, I had this great idea, I wasn't ready with it, and uh, said, hey, we, everyone is at home, people really, what we always want to reach out to our wine club members and our just our regular guests and reach out to more people. And I think what everyone's missing most is social connection. So what can we what can we do for that? And so I do all the social media as well, and I put it on social media, I send it an e-blast to everybody, and I called it Fun Fridays with Freddie. And uh, so every Friday, we sent out wine, a month's worth of wine, and then told them, don't drink this, although a lot of people drink it, right? <laughs> so but, of um, course they do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so every Friday, we would um, actually do a cooking program. And it was in our home, and we'd start out in our living room where we were talking about the wine. And I was a little camera person, and Freddie was talking, and sometimes we're talking, both talking, and I was throwing him the questions. It's a little hard when you're doing Zoom, you know, doing a Zoom thing, you're reading the questions real yep. quick on your phone. And then they get to go into our, our kitchen with our cool stove. <laughs> we, that was our gift for ourselves from Italy. And um, we would do a cooking class. So one of my favorites um, for this wine, of one of the recipes we did was a paella. Um, oh, and there I you love go, the tempranillo paired with the paella. And that was a really uh, fun class to do. Freddie kind of did his Freddie version of the paella. But throughout that Fun Fridays with Freddie, people loved it. And I mean, they love talking about the wine, but then you're, then you're like, okay, once you go in the kitchen, then you could be like, a, yes, you go in the kitchen. And then people, <laughs> and you were talking about, um, you know, trying to make your sessions like, this show, 20 minutes, we would say that show was an hour, and then we're getting to an hour, 20 minutes, or 30 minutes, so it was so easy to do because people were so into it. And then people started having after parties. So the official show would be over, and different groups of people were like, okay, we're doing the after party, and five, six people would get on, and then they would be playing music or just talking, and there was a social I mean, hour. It was great, and so now we're gonna do it seasonally, because it was a lot of work on our <laughs> end, and I was picking a lot of the recipes, and we were writing all the recipes, sending it out to everyone beforehand, and um, some of the recipes were our own, and some of them were adapted from people that we gave credit to, other chefs. Yeah. Um, it was a wonderful experience, but the tempered meal with paella, or dishes like that, is a really wonderful pairing. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> what people, and I'm, this could, we didn't do a social media tip last week. Uh, we're still PTSD coming off the social media conference. But that is, that is my social media tip, Shelly Webb. To pivot? No, well, there's a pivot, absolutely pivot. But also, social media is engaging. Social media isn't selling. Engage. Exactly. Know, like, trust. When they're ready to buy, they'll take their money out and give it to you over others. Don't reverse that it's it's counterintuitive because you want to sell everybody wants to sell we can't be in business if we don't sell yeah. but the social aspect what you guys are talking about that is absolutely true 
and it is work on the front end, but when you think about it in terms of marketing, it is such an organic ground, ground roots, grassroots marketing. It really is. If you look at our Facebook or Instagram, which is at KBS State Winery, I do not put very many bottle shops at all. You don't. I really don't. And the reason is, that exact reason, is wine is all about sharing it with other people right. and, that, and the connection that you're having. So I will go out in our piazza or everywhere where people are tasting wine, I'll walk them and say, hey, do you want to be on our social media? I can see you brought you're really enjoying this time here, blah, blah, blah. And I've never had a single person say no. And so they're all organic. They're real pictures of real people enjoying our wine. Um, and then during Washington uh, March, last March, which is Washington Wine Month, um, the Washington Wine Commission, which is like the marketing portion of you know, three-tier different organizations that help all of us a little bit, and they put out a challenge for us to do a 31-day Thirty days of Washington. Thirty days of Washington wine, uh, and that was right during COVID. You know, the beginning kind of parts of COVID, and we went down to a skeleton crew. And I, it was the first time before I wasn't posting every single day, and that was a challenge. And I did it, and it was went along with we were supposed to be launching our new logo, our new labels, which you see before you. There's two, a white and a red light label. We're gonna have this big launch party, and none of that could happen. And I wanted to explain to people why we. Why? What is our history and why did we do that? And so I, throughout every single day, told my family story, basically, from the very beginning, um, which is really what represented on the labels, to all the way out. And at the end of that month, then we go into, from March into April, that next month, every single day, I posted a story. I reached out to wine club members and other people, um, chefs and musicians that have come and said, do you want to tell your KP story? Do you want to tell the time that you got engaged? Or do you want to do you want to be on there? And people wrote in their stories. So every day during April, I shared not our KB story, but your KB story. And it was super, super powerful. We still get a lot of compliments and comments about that. Um, and I learned so much from that. I learned what people they just want to connect. And like we all we all want to connect, and especially during this difficult period of time. Especially now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your KB story, like, does it involve a uh, wine club members saying, I'll go to the exit and bring you your wine. <laughs> and those are KB stories, right? So it's funny you touch on this because in episode 17, when we talked about Pinot Noir, we, I think I had you read, I had written it out, the excerpt from Sideways when, when she's talking about, you know, every glass has got a story in it. What's that? It wasn't the Merlot part. <laughs> no, no, it was about the, just, just, what lives in a glass, right? The bottle and, and the people that pick the grapes may not even be alive anymore. And that's what, and it's like, that is the connection. That is the life. That is the living. That's as human beings, we need that connectivity. And this glass of wine that comes out of that bottle of wine that you, Freddie, put your heart and soul into, carry you and your family, built up this, this uh, winery. This is this is your lifeblood, and this is a story in every single glass, and that's what's so cool about wine, and it brings people together. I don't care if you're liberal or conservative. We all like a good glass of wine. Yep. Let's just focus on that, shall we? <laughs> Let's focus on the wine. <laughs> yeah, not for the next eight months. Yeah, going to pass on that. Or seven and a half, seven months. Uh, so the... Uh, 
let's finish this, and while Janie's getting ready for the next one, which is the Caveman Red, I want to ask about your music that you have here. You have a wonderful amphitheater here, right next to the gorgeous big amphitheater. You guys have music here as well. Yeah, we do. So we call that Stage B, um, or Cave B and Stage B Amphitheater. So we put that in uh, three years ago, um, and it's very, very large. And we put it in, made it that large because we knew going in that the Yakima Symphony Orchestra had wanted to do a summer series here. And so we really made sure the measurements would, would fit the entire An orchestra. orchestra. Yep. Excuse me, I'm finishing my little sip of Tempranillo there. <laughs> it's <important>. so good. <laughs> it's just so good. Um, and we did have four different, wonderful, wonderful concerts with the Yakima Symphony Orchestra. Um, and coming up, actually, if we are allowed to do it, hopefully COVID would be in our distant past, I hope. But um, May, we are starting with the Wenatchee, uh, Wenatchee Symphony, the day, Saturday before Mother's Day. Mother's Day is always is that Sunday. Uh, they're going to start doing a series here. They want to start doing it two times a year, and it's going to be a pop symphony. And that's going to be super, super fun. So symphony music, we have that. We had the Ancient Lakes Dance Festival here, which was wonderful. Um, it was something that my niece, Chloe, who's danced in the Pacific Northwest Ballet for, boy, at least 13, 14 years. She's now graduated and is at Lions Ballet in San Francisco. And her and her other professional dance friends now, during COVID, they couldn't do all of the things that they were going to do, all the performances, all that. And so it was wonderful. It was, everybody was, I think, under the eight, 18 or younger. And they were the composers, they were the choreographers, and they were the dancers. And they put on this hour and a half show with, that was fantastic. And that, luckily we got that in uh, a week before the governor closed the live, the live performances. So we haven't had anything else. But we have had the paper boys that they've come down um, from Canada. The Villalobos brothers, who are fantastic from New York, were supposed to be playing this summer, um, but that had to cancel, which is too bad, because they were fantastic. Were Will you be able to get them back next year? Not, not sure. Um, and it, we've had a, we had one event that was for vets, and um, that was really fun, and we had everyone dress up in all different costumes and whatnot, a lot of 1940s and whatnot. And, uh, the that was, should have been. Yeah. Oh, here was, we go. So... <laughs> Not to interrupt, but Shelly is a diva. <laughs> she belongs to a dance group, a troupe called the Belays and Divas. Okay. They're about 80 to 90 strong of ladies of a certain age. And they Between do... 50 and 80. Oh, we'll have to have you out. And we dance in parades. We do a lot of things for veterans because we come from that Yeah, era. we're always looking for other And we have our yeah. hats and our gloves cute. and little dresses. Oh, yeah, wow, it's that's perfect. Yeah. They they really we were seemingly Wenatchee Parade. We were in Leavenworth Parade. Nice. Oh, Shelly, the first thing of recording an episode, turn your phone off. <laughs> it's usually never on. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, they danced in the Cherry Blossom Festival in uh, Washington D.C. Oh. About and the three years 100th ago. anniversary of the Philadelphia Thanksgiving. Oh, that's fantastic! Wow. Yeah. That we did yeah, we'll have to talk more. So cute. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and they do mostly parades, but they do but still dances too. Or pretty much this year too. Yeah, yeah. this year. Yeah. And we um, one of my favorite events that we do on the stage is uh, the Dave Matthews Band. 
Uh, I was reading that. Yeah, so Dave Matthews Band has played next door at the Gorge now 20 some years. There's just one year that they. Memorial Day, right? Or is Labor Day? It's always Labor Day. Labor Day, that's right. Around here, it's not Labor Day, it's Labor Dave. That's right. That's right. That's right. About three years ago, I kind of threw it out to social media and said, hey, you know, there's so many musicians that come to watch him play. Very talented people, um, and we here at the winery is our busiest day of the year. We have about 1,500 people through a day from Thursday yeah. to Monday. Yeah. Every day we do all our tastings outside. We still taste, but we do it totally different. It's super fun, and I was like, I want these younger musicians, or maybe not younger, but people that haven't um, haven't hit it yet. Yeah, sure. Uh, to people have that chance, and so I just threw it out there as an open mic, and it instantly filled up. Wow! Um, and the difference between our open mic and others is a lot of them you go on for ten minutes, you play a few songs, you're off. We gave each person a thirty-minute slot. Wow. So for that first year, people were like, "Oh my gosh!" And they're pulling people out of the campground for the second day because they're like, "These people are fantastic. They've been on their drums and guitars. You have to. Can you fit them in?" And we kept extending it longer and longer. The second year, I was starting to get emails in December about Labor Day. Wow. Saying, hey, I played last year. Now I want to bring my prep friend who plays the, the sax and my other friend who plays guitar. And they made their like little bands for their 30-minute show. And it was great. Um, last year, Dave Matthews... Um, Heard his, about it. No, his vocal coach um, <laughs> came over and was talking. There might have been some other people from the band that I won't mention. Um, for their privacy, that might have been circling around there um, a little bit as well. But uh, it was really, really fun. Did you know that there are over 10,000 different grape varieties in the world? Some are still being discovered and identified. To be sure, most are simply genetic mutations or clones of existing grape families, almost all of which have occurred naturally over time. But it hints at the enormity of the world of wine. Don't worry, only about 75 of these are regarded as important grape varieties, and only about a third of those are considered to be noble grapes. This is good news, because it suggests the truth that once the rudiments or fundamentals of wine are learned, one will possess that foundational knowledge forever and not forget it. It means that a functional and effective grounding for wine knowledge can be obtained fairly quickly and it will serve the learners well for the rest of their lives. To experience wine like this, book and reserve your Culinary Stone wine tasting classes, which are every Sunday at 2 p.m. right away. Visit culinarystone.com for more information or simply call 208-277-4116 to reserve your spot. It was talking. There might have been some other people from the band that I won't mention um, for their privacy that might have been circling around there um, a little bit as well. But uh, it was really, really fun. Um, Amanda and John were two of my favorites, and they're a brother-sister team. They're both in their, their teens. They're young. And um, they... Boy, the energy they put onto that stage. And now we've become friends on our social media. Isn't and, that great? Yeah, watch the support. And um, yeah, it's I really, love, really, I really cool. I absolutely love that. 30 minute sets, though, that's, that, that is something, you know? It is. It's giving people a chance and an opportunity to showcase. Yeah. And that's, we always want to do that. Um, and the, beep, the name Cave B, the cave portion is a nod of respect to 
um, the tradition of making wine over in France and Italy and a lot of places where they have all these old traditional caves and so we kind of made our own cave out of a Quonset hut yeah. and kind of layered it with saw with dirt and straw and whatnot to kind of help with the air, you know, we don't use so much air conditioning. We wish we had a real cave, but we don't. <laughs> Except for really where we are right now, with, uh, which is our tasting room cave, which is a all this beautiful basalt yeah. here. But the B portion of the name, a lot of people think that it has to do with my maiden name, which Vince and Carol are my parents, are the owners of Cave B and the founders of Cave B, and also the founders of the Gorge Amphitheater. And, um, and our last name is Brian. But it's not that at all. The B actually, they've always been, they wanted it to be seen as a verb. And the idea that we want the wines, our events, our friendly staff, our wine club, manager Jamie here, our winemaker, um, all the different things. We want the property to be able to inspire you personally to, to be the best person that you want to be, to take, to, for you to allow your own dreams to take flight and whatnot. And so we're always looking for, uh, that's why with, when I was saying earlier about doing March, talking about us, April is about talking about you because we've all, it's always been about what can we do for you and how can we help you to be the best that you want to do and, and, and really feel like a place of, of peaceful, a peaceful place here at the Quincy property and a place that's inspiring for you. Um, and that's really has always been kind of the, the goal here. We, we got her going, didn't we? Yes, cave, I love it. Cave, be the best you can be. Uh, I need to toast this up because I, I haven't tasted it yet. This is the Caveman Red, which something tells me this is a blend. Uh, Cheers. Ch Janie, Cheers, we're going to go ahead and Cheers, taste this Cheers. with you too. Uh, I did not know your parents were also the founders of the Gorge Amphitheater. And the Inn. You did? Yeah, did not. So when they bought the property in 1979, all that was here, we bought 400 acres of sagebrush and about 100 acres of alfalfa. So anything that you see anywhere in your line of sight, we have over the last so many years. Um, put in, yeah. So you guys bought this property basically because I graduated from high school. <laughs> they're like, Phil just graduated. We yeah, need to buy this property. We need to buy this property. They're going to be coming here years and years later, and we I have mean, to get ready. Exactly. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. So, I, and and regardless if that's true or not true, that's what I'm thinking. Why this happened? <laughs> as long as it's true for you, that's, that's all. Good. That's right. <laughs> it's my story. It's my life story, and I'm sticking with it. So, uh, I have seen a number of shows at the Gorge. Uh, I've seen in the Blues Festival BB King. Mm -hmm. I've seen the fabulous Thunderbirds, uh, Buddy Guy, a slew of blues players. It was great, and I saw Britney Spears. Oh, and I actually saw Britney Spears too because my college friend. I went to Boston College, and she lives in Washington D.C. We haven't seen each other in forever, and she came out. And she's like, the hardest for the girl, and um. And she's like, who's playing? I'm like, Britney Spears, and neither of us Britney Spears followers, really. But um, I, she's like, let's go. So we went, and it was just surrounded by teenage girls. And there's one bald dude that brought his daughters. <laughs> but that night, while my car, uh, it was towed off of our own property. We were having problems with people parking here, and I don't know, I think I didn't put a right sign in or something, and so it was towed, and she had a flight back in Seattle, and she said, so we had to go back, we couldn't just spend the night on the property, 
So by the time we actually got up from the tow place and whatnot and we were driving back, it was the middle of the night. But we actually saw the northern lights. Oh, wow, here. Never seen it. We were driving. That is a rare thing. What in the world is happening? All these lights are swirling. I'm like, are you seeing this? (laughs) We pulled over on the side of the highway and just sat on the top, you know, way over, and sat on the roof of the car for about an hour. And so... We always laugh. She's still watching see We still hardly ever see each other, but um, that, was, that was our crazy Britney Spears night. Oh, story. So uh, two things from that story. One is if you're running a business, get your systems in place so you don't get towed from your own property, right? <laughs> Number two, uh, Shelly being a Canadian, uh, has seen Northern Lights oh, pro- quite, quite a bit. And actually there's a little other story in there as well. My daughter at the Britney Spears concert, when we had to leave the hotel in Moses Lake, she's like, I don't want to go. My lovely daughter, Tabitha. I'm like, no, we have to go. And she's like, no. And she started running. And when she ran away from me at the hotel, she pointed back at me and she, she said, that's not my dad. Which any dad would then respond with, yes, I am, and she's in huge trouble. Uh, Tabitha, a little shout out to you. Oh, my God. Okay, Freddie, tell us what's in this blend. Caveman Red. Caveman Red. This is our... um this is our everyday red wine. Mm-hmm. It is, it is uh, it's a red blend, and the blend changes every year. Um, wow. Not only in percentages, but in varietal composition as well. So, um, it pretty much every year it's had Cabernet and Merlot in it. After the Cabernet and Merlot, it's crapshoot. So, <laughs> last year, for example, this is 2017, and it's basically a Bordeaux blend plus Tempranillo from okay. this vintage. Last year, it had Syrah and Sangiovese in it, no Tempranillo. Year before that, um, I honestly can't remember what the what the makeup was. <laughs> but uh, suffice it to say that this is uh, this is always made in a style that's going to be uh, very easy drinking, yeah. very um, ready to drink early on, um, and and made to at a price point at uh, nineteen dollars, where you don't feel bad opening it. Any no. day of the week, multiple It's days a great hamburger, cheeseburger, yeah. pizza, wine, a little meatloaf exactly. if you want, yeah. or have it with a steak. Right. Yeah. This is for sure just a staple in my house. It's the price point's great. It's 19 bucks a bottle. Everyone loves it. With your discount, 18 Really young. Yeah. Yeah. 18. Yeah. 1875. It's just great. It's phenomenal. It's really smooth and soft. It goes with pretty much everything you can eat. I mean, it goes, I've had it with steak and it's been great. I've had it with wood-fired pizza, it's been great. It's just kind of an all-around great. I always call it my table wine because I just always have it. I always at least have two bottles at home at minimum. Well, those two bottles will probably last a little longer now unless your <laughs> husband's gonna drink for the both of you, which yeah. he very well could. Because <laughs> why wouldn't he? Exactly. Really? Yeah. Uh, this is fantastic. Um, this is really, really, at 19 bucks, are you kidding me? This is... This and that's is, the goal. <laughs> the goal is to, to make people feel like they're not drinking a nineteen-dollar bottle of wine. You know, they're, 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 they they feel like they're drinking a thirty-dollar bottle of wine, yeah. but it's only nineteen bucks. So yeah, go to town. <laughs> do you make quite a bit of this? Yeah, yeah. And this, do you, this is the red that we bottle the most of. You know, Delil makes uh, something called D two, their their blend, which is what doesn't pass muster on their other wines. They then put into their D two, mm-hmm. which is one of our very fa- ooh. <laughs> 
I want that picked up. That's the best sound in the world. We are in the back of a tasting room, so all this stuff. Oh, I love that. Anyway, uh, do you find that you're taking some of the grapes and the juice that you're like, we have this extra juice and we don't really have a place to put it? Does that go into this bottle to some, sometimes? To some degree, yes. Okay. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, so when I do my high-end reds, and we're gonna, we're gonna have the cuvee next, and we'll, we'll talk to the, to the selection process. Yeah. About, but, but yeah, we do select for, for our top-tier wines first, and then we select through. And and this wine is made after we've done all of our selections. Um, it's just it's, it's wine that's still phenomenal, but it didn't it didn't make the cut for those. You know, top yeah, for sure, right? Um, because there's a there's a yeah. bar that you set, right? And and you, I mean, it's your name on it. So if you go below that bar, yeah. that's sure. yeah. The, and Freddie's okay. bar is very high. Yeah, and I and I, we'll be the first to say there's probably 70, 80, 85 percent wine drinkers wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It's the others. I don't think not the others, yeah. Really? I would say only 40 <laughs> percent. Let's go with maybe half. <laughs> you know, not one time in either of these episodes has Shelly said, well, man, edit that out. But she was, she was just thinking normally, it right there. <laughs> normally I'm like, we're going to edit that out. We're going to edit that out. <laughs> I really want to actually collect uh, little sound bites of I mean, her and ed- say, let's just edit that out. <laughs> and, uh, if I just had, you know, any more time to be able to do then that. Then he showcases it. Yeah. Then I showcase Yeah, just that. <laughs> I tease it at the front of the episode. <laughs> like we did the one from the North Idaho Analogical Society. And edit this out too. <laughs> no, we won't because it's good. I didn't edit it out. The very be- so Chateau St. Michel had a, not even a second secondary label it was something they didn't even put their name on it and it was the born born of fire right yeah anyway so i i lead with that she's like shh that's a secret i'm like perfect this is going on the front end of the because <laughs> that's the way i roll anyway oh well the marine lit yeah 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 she's very funny when she puts her mind to it so um okay well I am really intrigued to get to that last red. Okay. And since uh, Freddie is just like plowing through these glasses. <laughs> He's like, I need to get back there. I know. Freddie's actually being taken away from his work. Oh, we should actually talk about harvest right now and what you're going through too. Freddie, uh, what are you harvesting now this week? Uh, well, t- today we harvested uh, the Streamer and Cabernet Franc. Um, so, and it's our our, our second. Uh, we have a couple of Cabernet Franc vineyards, and so this was the the one that tends to ripen a little bit later. So we already harvested our other Cabernet Franc vineyard um, last week, early in the week. On a scale of one to ten, twenty twenty been the dumpster fire that it's been on everything else. Huge disaster. Yeah. <laughs> For those who really want to focus on that, we don't. Mm-hmm. What has been the vintage, the the vintage 2020 for your grapes? Well, I find some wood to knock on, but so far, yeah. it's been fantastic. Excuse me, I got to knock on this wood over okay. here. Okay, yeah. perfect. But um, so far, the 2020 I was like, no, you're mic. Oh, you're not mic'd up. <laughs> the 2020 grapes that, that have come in have been amazing across the board, whites and reds, both. Oh, um, so I've, I've been really, really pleased. We do have a smaller crop than normal. Um, I think that that frost that we had in October last year, it actually ended up clipping some primary uh, more than we thought it did. Um, so we, we have a crop everywhere, 
but it's just a lighter crop. So I think. I think so will it be a higher quality then of the? So far, yeah. Okay. We, we've had pretty, pretty good quality um, across the board. I don't know we brought in so far. So that 2010 trip that we came through uh, here, wherever, yeah, we came from Seattle here and down to Walla Walla. Uh, we went to Vapiano, or well, one of the stops you could choose on that weekend was Vapiano, and I wanted to go there. They taught about uh, bearing vines because of the winters that at least Walla Walla has. Yeah. You may or may not experience that here. Okay. Yeah, we don't like Walla Walla does. Okay. Walla Walla, because Walla Walla, the way where it sits, it's kind of in a, in a pocket. Yeah. Okay? The, the entire Walla Walla Valley is in a little bit so of a pocket. So all of that frost with, with can come down and really... It can settle there yeah. and get really, really cold. So on average, um, over the you know last hundred years, since they've been keeping records of it, Walla Walla about once every seven years yep. we get a killing freeze. Yeah. To where to where they will not only lose buds, it'll kill the entire uh, stock, the the, the entire uh, um, so the vine. Yeah. But the roots. So you have to so you they, have they to replace the whole vine. Yeah. So yeah. what they do is they take they take one of the, one of the shoots that they're, they're suckers actually one of the suckers that comes up from the ground. They'll leave those where typically you take those out, and they'll bury them back under. They'll put them underground. So suckers do have a purpose. Suckers do have a purpose. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many suckers I take out of a pear tree that yep. try to stab me in the eye when I take yeah. them out. But <laughs> yes, so that's they what they're doing. They're yeah, actually burying the suckers. Yeah, and interesting. So, so they're doing that, and it's, it's it's extremely expensive to do. It's very labor intensive. But when you're in Walla Walla and you have really expensive fruit. On really um, expensive real estate. On really expensive real estate, yeah. your best bet is to, to bury vines just to be sure. You save yourself two years, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just so one it's of those things where it's, where it's worth doing. Sure. It's worth doing. Yeah. Sure. And then if you don't get that freeze, then you yeah. just clip them off and yeah. off you go. And we have never had a freeze that's that cold to where it kills the entire vine. We just lose buds. Oh, knock on yeah. wood again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about this Cuvée du Soleil. Cuvée du Soleil. Um, this is our... I spoke French, by the, the way. The Blend of the Sun? Yeah, Blend of the Sun. Yeah, exactly. It's our. This is our premium Bordeaux blend red wine that is... Um, this is available to everybody. We make two premium Bordeaux reds. One of them is Wine Club Only. That's our Order of the Cave. Um, and, and basically what I do for both of those is um, uh, Order of the Cave is my, my very first top choice barrel selection. So what I'll do is I'll take, for example, all of my Cabernet barrels from, from all of our Cabernet vineyards. Um, so it's about 100 barrels or so. Lay them all out, taste through them all. Narrow that 100 barrels down to about 50. Okay, then the next day I come in and I taste those 50 that I perceive to be better than the other 50. And then I'll narrow those down by about half. And then the third day I'll come in and taste again and then start selecting for the Order of the Cave and the Cuvée du Soleil um, uh, and, and narrow those down. Then I come in the following day, the fourth day now, um, and then I'll taste through those that we selected and I'll pick the one barrel from each vineyard lot for the Order of the Cave because that Order of the Cave gets what I perceive to be the absolute best barrel from each vineyard lot um, goes into that blend. And then after that, I select out for the Cuvée de Soleil, tasting for, um, and for the Order of the Cave, tasting for that, that attack on the palate, mid-palate and finish, so we make sure we have a wine that's really complete throughout the palate. 
and we don't have a donut wine with a big fat hole in them. Right, right. So, so donut wines, we don't want any of those. No donut wines, no donut wines. <laughs> and then um, uh, after I've selected those, then those other barrels that are in that top tier level, then we'll select those out in the in this in the case of Cabernet Sauvignon for our old vines Cabernet because we do two Cabernets. We do a regular Cabernet, and then we do an old vine series, with those, which is our top tier Cabernet. Gotcha. And we do the same for Merlot. So as I taste through, I, I'm doing all of these barrel selections. So that's right, how right. the barrel selection happens for, for these top tier ones. Well, let's toast up this last one as a thank you. Thank you for letting us come. For yeah. very much thank for you. letting us come. Thank you. Um, thank you. And I, I must taste. So as you guys are tasting that, I'm going to tell you my little experience with the Cuvée du Soleil. Please, this Janie. This is one of my absolute mm. favorite wines. Any one of my friends, if it's an anniversary or anything like that, this is the wine that I grab. It is so, and I, it's really funny because I'm not typically a blend girl. I never really typically go for blends because they can just range so drastically. This blend is phenomenal. It's really smooth, but you get a lot of that deep, heavy yeah, cherry really deep, flavor heavy. from the sky, and it is so good. I've never had a customer try it that did not like it, as far as anyone that I've ever done a tasting for. Um, it's it's an all-around enjoyable wine that people really look for, and a lot of people, too, that come in, they're like, oh, I don't really like blends. I'm like, just appease me and try this one because it is so bad. Let me give different. you a taste. Yeah, just let me get. You know, it's interesting because it seems like blends are the playground for the winemaker. Totally right. Yeah. But the grapes, the varietals, are that's the playground for the farm. The oh yeah, yeah, viticulture. Vitic yeah, it's easy for me to say. Uh, <laughs> so to blend those, both those worlds, you you gotta kind of appease both. Because the person running the vines has to feel like they play a part in this. And if you talk to them, they'll say, this is really my doing. And the winemaker's like, no, I my doing. Well, I, I think, Freddie, tell me, am I right or wrong? You've got people out in the vineyards that are like, we really think we're the driver on this. And the winemaker's like, you know, you guys get me started, but I'm, right? Yeah, well, it, it, there's something that I say all the time. And it's, you can make really bad wine from great fruit. You can't make really good wine from bad fruit. Yeah, interesting. So, I mean, you, you can screw up good fruit. Yeah. But really, if the fruit's bad when it gets there, there's very little you could do on the winemaking end to make up for that. You sell a wholesale and let people slap <laughs> on a navel. <laughs> sell it at grocery outlets. Yeah. So um, they're not ever going to be a sponsor. <laughs> um, tell me what uh, all six... Five, no Carmenere. No Carmenere. No Carmenere. We don't do Carmenere. You are yeah. so awesome. <laughs> I got in such a big fight with someone at uh, Vintage Spokane when she's like, you know, all Bordeaux grapes. So like, all six? No, there's only five. Well, there's actually six. No, there's not. I'm like, there's Carmenere. Carmenere never is like, you know what? I'm not going to have this argument. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to have fun. Yeah. Isn't there one more, though? There is another one, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah, there was one, I mean, like a really um, obscure, one. obscure one, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very, if I remember correctly, it was, it was a grip that was very similar to Petit Bordeaux, and for a long time they thought it was actually Petit Bordeaux. Uh -huh. um, and, and, I, and I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I think you're right, I think there was a seventh one. Yeah. Yeah, and, and really, 
for all intents and purposes, there really isn't any more Carmenere in Bordeaux either. No, no, they got rid of that about 200 yeah. years ago. So, uh, but Carmenere grows but really well in Washington. In yeah, it does. So, we don't grow any here. No. Yeah. So that brings me to a question: What? How many wines in your portfolio? And your daughter just showed up, so now we know where she is. <laughs> how many wines in your portfolio, and how many uh, varietals do you grow? So we currently grow uh, 16. That are that are in production. Yeah. Um, but we have 18 in the ground. Is that right? No. Yeah. What are your new plants? No, 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 no we, have, we, have, have, yeah, we, we have 18 in the ground. We have yeah, Monte Luciano that we just planted and oh, Marsan. So most of them we haven't. They're too young. No, so we have 19 in the ground. We have yeah, 19 in the ground. Yeah, I think it's 19 now. We have 19 in the ground. But we have, we have, we have, uh, right now our Petit Verdot isn't, isn't producing because the Petit Verdot that went into this Cuvée de Soleil, we actually pulled that vineyard block. Not because the fruit wasn't good, because the fruit was actually phenomenal coming yeah. out of it, but because it was, it had, we had a really hard time getting it to set a decent sized crop. Um, the biggest crop we ever got out of it was one ton per acre. Oh. And when you talk about farming, the cost of farming at one ton per acre, it, it really, it's really difficult to manage that. So we, we actually pulled that vineyard out and planted oh. uh, more Roussan in that block. Um, How so fun. And then we planted a new block with Petit Verdot. But then, yeah, so that was that was our number 17. But then we added Marsan, which is 18, and then uh, Multiple Chano, 19, so it's 19. And what do you not have in the ground that you wish you did? Yeah, that's a hard question because I don't want to make more varietals necessarily. <laughs> and yet, I, and yet I would wines, love so. to play with a, with a few different wines. Uh, Grenache is mm. one that I would love to, to, to mess around with. Um, How about Tanat, just for fun? I've never had an interest in Tanat, personally. Really? Yeah. Just, just it's just. I mean, I, I like Tanat, but I've just never had a, a, a personal interest in, in, in making wine. You can't go, really blend around with it. Yeah. And going back to what uh, Jenny said about people that um, are selling your wine club, you, it's much easier when you have a love for a particular package. Yeah. To sell that, right? Yeah. And so, if you don't have a personal attraction yeah. to Tanat, it's going to yeah. be hard to get into that, right? Yeah. I'm so yeah. sure. I would want to make something that I wasn't particularly fond of. Yeah. Especially with you, Freddie has such a distinct taste. When you have KB wines, I feel like I I know that so Freddie made that. <laughs> like it is so different from any other wines I've ever had, and they're just they're phenomenal. Obviously, I'm very partial. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. also Mubed. Mubed is an old guy. I love Rhone varieties. Yeah. Um, and and now I'm really happy about the Marsan because we're going to have you know Viognier, Roussan, and Marsan. So we'll have the three yeah, major Rhone whites. How but fun! It'd be cool to have Grenache and Mubed. Oh, how fun! Would, That's just so. What is the price point on <laughs> this cuvee? On the cuvee is fifty. Fifty bucks. Yeah. yeah. This and this is what year? 2017. And this could be laid down also. That, that'll definitely lay down, yeah. Big time, yeah. And, and, and definitely for the, for the high-tier wines, I, I absolutely try and make those in a style that, that can be laid down, whereas the, the caveman, you, you can lay it down sure. for four, five, six years, but you're not going to get 10 or 15 years out of that because we, no. we want people to drink it now. Exactly. And, that, and more and more wines are built to drink now, yeah. but these are nice to have to stick down your cellar. For sure. For those special occasions that you bring it out, you know. Uh, just want, really want to thank 
you, all three of you, including your daughter, so it'd be all four of you, even though she didn't, she didn't have much to say uh, during this. Oh, she this. usually does. Is that right? Her lips are moving behind, I can yeah. tell, but she's, 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 yeah, she's not one that's uh, shy on the no. end of words, yeah. Uh, she has never run away and said, that's not my dad, though. Touche. And so why did we have Freddie come here again? <laughs> it was all going so well. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, really, really here. appreciate it. And uh, yeah. Great experience is what we need more of, our experiences. Uh, how far off the of I-90 are you? What, five miles? Seven miles. Seven miles off I-90. Uh, it's it's two and a half miles right, east of Seattle, about uh, an hour, maybe an hour and a half from Spokane, maybe two we hours from Spokane. Two hours. Two hours. It's actually yeah. exactly in the middle of, the of Spokane to Seattle. Yeah. Two and a half hours from Seattle, two and a half hours from Spokane. Like when we started the Gorge Amphitheater and everyone was like, why? You're in the middle of nowhere. And, and like, yet. We are in the middle. No, they would say, no, we are in the middle of everywhere. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, there's no excuse not to stop by. And if you stop by here, you will not regret it. <laughs> you will want to stop by over I'm trying and over. to get my daughter to come up because she's an event planner in Orange County. Oh, oh wow. wow. And she does high-end weddings, so be perfect. Oh, yes. Oh, we actually have Very. a new project called the Wedding Wine Project that we are, and if I'll show the label in the other room, but this year we started the white wine label, the red wine label, and we also have out here a picture of our wedding wine label, um, and so that will be a fun thing to talk to her about. So Katie, Megan, make your way up. They just got um, an award for being one of the top 25 most influential people in Orange County. Wow, that's awesome. I would say that's easy for her to say, but you can barely hear her with her voice right now. Congratulations, girls. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. Very cool. Uh, so, with just a little bit of knowledge, wine becomes so much less overwhelming. Thank you guys again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending part of your day to wind down with Shelly and Phil. Remember, you can listen to any episode of the Wine Time Fridays podcast by visiting winetimefridays.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily wine conversations. We invite you to join us again next week when we have a conversation over another glass of wine. Until then, we toast to health, wealth, abundance, gratitude, peace on earth, and of course, romance.